Morning, guys. How you going? Good. Is it still morning? I think it is. What time have we got? Barely morning. So, yeah, it's just a clock up there. Almost getting close to noon. Alrighty. Good to see everybody here. I think we're all set, ready to go. So, those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Jim, uh, Jim Heberly, and my family and I are here at Good Shepherd uh, Baptist Church, and we run an outback ministry from this church. So, obviously, I'm not from here originally probably tell the way I talk and my accent, and uh, so I'm from New York State uh, on the east coast of America, and uh, we've been here 18 years, and uh, so I'm from a little small country town called Shortsville, and uh, so funny, John. <laughs> it's a great place to be from when you're my size, Shortsville, New York, and a uh, <clears throat> little small country town there in upstate New York, and we've been here, like I mentioned, 18 years uh, ministering from this church. And so I do a little bit of grounds work around here at Good Shepherd, and then our main ministry is heading out west to smaller towns, uh, preaching the gospel, evangelizing, and having churches planted in these smaller towns. In fact, we're having a brand new church plant take place on the 14th of August, coming up in a couple of weeks' time, in a little town called Gimpy. I want to say little town. It's a little ways away, but it's kind of a bigger town in Gimpy, uh, right north of here. And so we'll be starting up a brand new church uh, there in Gimpy. And I'm excited about that. Looking forward to the Lord has for us uh, there in Gimpy. So I hope, pray that you've had a good week. It's been a great conference here. It's been really good. I've, I've been challenged personally. I hope, I pray that you've been challenged, been uh, spoken to by the Lord in different areas of your life. And this morning, we're going to be in a book of Ecclesiastes. So take, take your Bible briefly, and uh, I won't be too long here this morning. I'll towards the end of our conference and... Uh, Probably all getting a bit weary like myself, but it's been great, a good time. So we'll spend some time here in the book of Ecclesiastes <clears throat> this morning and I'll share a couple of things with you from this book. And so a little bit of interaction here, keep you a bit more involved. So kind of we'll talk back and forth a little bit. And uh, so first question is this, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes? Anybody know? Yes. Solomon. Solomon. All right. Solomon was a... Well, a man? Oh, yeah. It's, thank you. There's always one in the crowd, isn't there? Always one. All right, Solomon, his, his uh, calling, or I guess his profession, so to say, what, what does he do? He, what he lead? Yeah. He's a king. That's right. He's a king. A king of a kingdom. All right. He was leader of a kingdom. And so King Solomon, he wrote this book of Ecclesiastes along with two other books of God's word. Uh, what other books did Solomon write? Yes. Okay, very good. And Song of Solomon is a bit of a giveaway. All right, it's, it's a bit of an easy one there. Of course, Proverbs, and they're all located pretty much the same area of your Bible there in the Old Testament. So here, Ecclesiastes is uh, written, and uh, it's a very interesting book. And it can be, if you ever maybe had a chance to read through this book a little bit, it's kind of a, can be a very interesting book, very, can be a little bit depressing at first, because, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit here this morning, why uh, King Solomon wrote these words in this book for us here today. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes is written towards the end of his life, and uh, Song of Solomon and Proverbs are written more towards the beginning of his life, and the Lord is blessing him during that time. But here, Ecclesiastes is written towards the end of his life, and in fact, uh, King Solomon is looking back upon his life as a younger man and seeing uh, where he places priority in his life and where his errors were and uh, 
where he went wrong, what he did was right. So he's kind of looking back and really speaking to himself. The word Ecclesiastes means uh, basically it's a, it's a group. It's a called out group. And really he's talking to himself. I don't know if you ever, talk, you ever talked to yourself before. You ever get caught talking to yourself? It's kind of embarrassing. You know, you're, you're sitting by your, you're somewhere in a room and you're kind of, you know, you're talking out loud and somebody else walks in and nobody else is there but you. And you're like, oh, I'm talking to myself. It's kind of embarrassing at times. But here, King Solomon is actually talking to himself. He's, he himself uh, is the audience he's talking to. So it's an autobiography. You heard that word before, an autobiography? Somebody writes a book about themselves. So here, this book is about himself and what his experience in life was. And really, this book captures the life of every human being, being's existence. Because we were made in the image of God, and one of the aspects of that is that we're rational human beings. We're meaning makers. All right, we want life to make sense to us, do we not? We want, want something to make sense to us. And so, really, everybody here this morning, you guys and, and fellows and ladies, you know, we're all, in some degree or another, we're a bit of a theologian, we're an archaeologist, we're a philosopher, because we like to understand life. I have uh, two children, and they're older now, but when they were younger, you know, around two, three years old, as you have any siblings yourself, and you may still be this way yourself, but, you know, as they're younger kids, uh, what is the one word kids say a lot? It comes in a question, but when you're explaining something, they want to know, there's one word they use often, what is that word? Why? Why, Dad? Why? Would you please stop? You're driving me nuts. Why? Why this? Why this? They want to understand what's around them. And that's, I think, in all of us. We want to understand and make sense of life around us and why certain things happen, uh, why we feel a certain way. And so I th King Solomon here in Ecclesiastes helps us understand this. He tries to make sense of life. All right, understand that everybody, everybody here, everybody in the world searches for hope. Everyone's going to uh, hook their hope into something. You want to be hopeful. You want to have meaning in life. So here, Ecclesiastes chapter number two, we'll get reading here this in a moment. Uh, but King Solomon is going to list for us a couple things here. And again, if you have that in mind, have, as I read through this, have that in mind that uh, King Solomon is looking back on his life and he's taking an assessment of his life. And he's really looking back and, and thinking about what his life was all about. And uh, here in chapter number two, <clears throat> let's start reading here in verse, verse number four. Chapter two, verse number four, it says here, I made me great works, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. Let's pause there for a moment. So what do you think here King Solomon is listing? Yes. His what? Possessions, right. His things that he owns. He's listing, he's listing what he has. Now, if in your own mind, if you are to take a, maybe a piece of paper or a pen or even on your, on your phone, list, you know, in, uh, I guess subconsciously, list in your mind what things you have. All right? Like I have, I have, I have a land cruiser, I have clothes, I have food at home, I have a house. Um, you know, you have things, possessions that you own. All right, think of what you have. We have a dog named Penny and a great faithful little dog. She's getting up there in years. 
And, uh, but that's, this, these are some of our possessions, the things that we have. So here, King Solomon, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see him listing, you know, I have an iPhone, an iPad. Those things didn't exist. He was listing things that he had. All right, great works. He had vineyards, he had gardens, he had orchards, he had pools of water. He had uh, servants and maidens. And he, uh, it goes on in verse number eight. Notice what it says here. I gathered me also silver and gold. Anybody have silver and gold here? Any silver and gold? No silver and gold? All right, maybe if you have a ring or something like that, you may have a little bit of silver and gold. But King Solomon, he had heaps of gold, heaps of silver. And the peculiar treasure of kings and the provinces. He goes on to list other things. I got me men singers and women singers and delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. Now, notice what he says in verse number nine. He says here, so I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. All right. Who can you think of today that would maybe relate and be on the same economical level as King Solomon as far as riches. So who do you think of today that's a pretty uh, rich man or woman here in the world today? Anybody come to mind? Jeff Bezos. All right, Amazon. All right, anybody else? I think of somebody right off. Virgin Group, the Virgin Group. How many know that is? Virgin Galactic. All that. Elon Musk. All right. Pretty, pretty wealthy guy. Think he's pretty wealthy? Think he's got some money? Think he can buy whatever he wants? Elon Musk? Well, who else do you think of? That's, uh, think of somebody who invented Microsoft, the computer system that some of us use. Bill, anybody knows his name? Bill, Bill Gates? All right. All these guys are very wealthy, are they not? I mean, they could basically buy what they wanted. In fact, King Solomon says here in his next verse, what was he, he said in verse number 10? And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. That's what he said. So, so these guys that we mentioned today, all right, Jeff Bezos, uh, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, some other ones that we, uh, was, a, was a lady here in Australia, Julia Reinhardt or something like that, I think her name is, uh, owns the mines and all, but very wealthy people. All right, so King Solomon was like, the, well, like these people here. He's very wealthy. All kinds of things going on all kinds of possessions, all kinds of gold and silver. All right, so he's, again, looking back in his life, and he's observing this and making a calculation. He's, he's trying to find some meaning in this. Verse number 10, And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. Anything he wanted, he got. That's what he's saying. If I wanted this over here, I got it. If I could buy a Ferrari, I bought it. Anything I wanted. If I bought, you know, a, a 10 legions of horses, I bought them. It didn't matter. Whatever my eye desired, I want. Does that make sense? All right, so that's what he's saying. He's saying, whatever I saw, if I wanted it, I got it. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Interesting word there, because uh, if you were here, I believe it was last night. Yes, it was last night. Pastor Shemesh mentioned uh, he had that map up on the screen there, and the auditorium is mentioning how God works in the Old Testament and also today in giving people different lots of life. Remember that? He mentioned that? All right, and uh, King Solomon uses that word a lot in Ecclesiastes. King Solomon understood his lot, his portion of life. And we all have different portions. Some of you guys grew up in New South Wales. Some of you guys grew up here. I grew up in New York. We all have different portions, different lots, 
God has arranged for us to be birthed in a certain family, a certain uh, place in this world, and we all come together this week for this conference. But here's the thing. King Solomon says, you know what? This was my portion of life. This is what God gave me. And he said, whatever I wanted, I got. If I wanted this, I got it. Whatever kind of food I wanted, the best food I got, I received, I bought it, and I was a rich person. He says this in verse 11. Now, look what it says in verse 11. He said, then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. That's a good thing. By the way, understand that King Solomon worked for what he had. All right, he didn't steal it. He didn't plunder it. He worked for it. Is that, a, is, is that uh, something good to do? All right, if you're going to buy something, remember my son Jimmy, he wanted to buy his first push bike a couple years ago. I said, man, you got to work for it. I'm not going to be handing money out to you. You got to work for it. You got to earn it. All right. And so King Solomon says here, look, at, look everything I have, I, I labored for it. I worked for it. But he's, he's, he's making a deeper observation, and, and this is where it all comes down to right here. It says, and on the labor, verse 11, that I had labored to do. So understand, he's looking at all his kingdom. I'll take my jacket off. I'm getting a little bit warm up here. He said, I looked at all my kingdom, I looked at everything I had, all my possessions, all my maidservants, all my um, animals, livestock, cattle, and you have all my silver and gold. And I saw it all there, and this is my observation. This is what I came to a conclusion about these things. He says there, again, verse 11, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all right, so here, here is his observation, his conclusion of everything that he saw in the material world, everything that he saw that was materialistic, all right, possessions. He said, and behold, all was what? What's the word? Vanity. All right, all was vanity. What's that word mean? What's vanity? It's probably a word we don't use very much. Yes. Self-honoring. Self Good. I like it. Anything to add to that? Caleb? Yep. Hollow, hollow, yep, hollow. Say it again. Hollow, hollow, hello, <laughs> hollow. All right, it's the accent. All right, it's from Toowoomba, right? That's all right. <laughs> Won't hold it against you. I'm from Shortsville. Come on, you know. All right, hollow. Very good. What's another word add to that? What's vanity mean? Think of the word, the root word, vain. What is vain? You think of vain. Something that's vain. What does that mean? Prideful, all right, yeah, we can add that to it. Maybe, uh, I think of something, uh, maybe you may have seen like at a wedding or something like that, or maybe little kids walking around here with a little bottle of bubbles and they blow bubbles through a little wand and the bubble, the soap bubbles floating in the air, and all of a sudden it pops, bam, it's gone. And you see something for a little while, then it vanishes, it, it disappears. It, it's, 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 it's hollow, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's empty. Really, it's futile, is it not? Those soap bubbles, they really don't mean a lot. You can't do much. You just kind of enjoy it for a while, and it vanishes. So King Solomon looked at all his things, all his, all his possessions, and he labored to do, and he says it's all vanity. Not only that, it's vexation of spirit. What's that word mean? What's a vexation? Another word we don't use very often. You know what that is? Vexed, to be vexed. What does that mean? Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's something a little more different, but uh, how about pressured? How about stressed? How about uh, 
suppressed, uh, just overwhelmed. Another word, overwhelmed. That makes sense. All right. So he saw these things that he had, everything they ever wanted, and he is. He said, "You know what? It's all vain. It's 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 all it's all it's all vanity. It doesn't mean much." And not only that, these things cause me stress. Things that I have, they break down, animals die, uh, people get sick, all my singers get sick, and I gotta replace them. It's, this is causing me stress. This is stressing me out. This is really vexing my spirit. Ever hear that phrase before, vexing your spirit? It's really pressuring me. And this, this is what my conclusion is in all these things that I have. He said there, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Another phrase he uses quite often in this book that he wrote, under the sun. What do you think he means by that? What do you think he means by under the sun? Anybody? Yep. Sorry, say that again. Okay, yep. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. That's a good, good uh, definition. It's more of a location. Think about are we, where are we today? Beside being under the rain clouds, so it's, it's a bit sun, sunshine out there, isn't it? The sun is out. All right, we're under. The, are we not under the sun? The sun's above us. All right, pretty basic. The sun's above us. We're under the sun. This world, this planet, who we are, we're under the sun. Are we not? And so here, King Solomon uses this phrase a lot in this book. He's saying things that are under the sun. And so he's trying to make a uh, an observation. He's trying to make a conclusion on things under the sun. His personal possessions under the sun. What does he say? It's all vanity and vexation of spirit. It's all worthless. It's causing me stress. And it, what, what have I done? What have I done? And young people, this, this, is the, this is the key that King Psalm, I think, wants us to show us today through his word, is the fact that uh, things of this life are temporary, are they not? And, you know, things that are under the sun are temporary. They're not permanent. Anything that you do here under the sun, labor to do, is simply temporary. It's not going to last forever. Notice verse number 12, what he says here, then I, And I turn myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath already been done? What is he saying there? He's saying, look it, I'm not, I won't be here forever on this planet under the sun Somebody's going to come after me, and they're going to take everything that I have. Everything that I own, everything, all these things that I listed here, my silver, my gold, all these things, are going to be somebody else is going to have it. Once my life on this earth is done, and I ex pass the expiry date of my life, I won't be here anymore. Somebody else is going to come and take this heartache from me. And he's probably saying, you can have it, because I don't want it anymore. So all these possessions he has, he's saying, look at What's he going to do? He's going to, and he'll say this later on in these verses again. He said, these, this guy, after, whoever's going to be king next, he'll take all these things, all my possessions. I can't take them with me. You know, you ever see a funeral procession, procession down the road, and you see, you know, a hearse and, and uh, cars lined up, their headlights on, and, and going to the funeral home. You know, you never see a moving truck going along with that. Because that person who passed away, they can't take it with them. It's being left behind for an inheritance. I'm sure you've come across some, maybe your own personal family, hopefully not, but through other maybe family members you heard of friends of yours that had some, you know, strife in SARS. Who's going to get the inheritance? Who's going to get all this money they left behind? And so King Solomon's like, look it, 
this, someone's going to come after me and they're going to inherit all this stuff. Then I saw that, verse 13, that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. Look at King Solomon. He had a special gift from God. Anybody know who that is? What, what that is? What did God give him? Wisdom. wisdom. God gave him wisdom. All right. And because of that, because God, because Solomon asked God for wisdom, God gave him possessions. And we see here that King Solomon, he's making a comparison. He's thinking about this in life. He's thinking about his life in the past and all these things he had. He said, "You know what? It'll say us later on again. These verses, wisdom is the principal thing." We need to therefore get wisdom. Verse 14, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceive also that one event happeneth to them all. What's that event he's talking about? One event happeneth to them all, to us all, no matter who you are, where you're from, what your status is, what grade in school you're at. What event is he talking about, you reckon? Death. death, that's it. He's talking about death. So one event happens to us all, no matter who you are. Then said I in my heart, verse 15, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man? As the fool. Doesn't matter who you are. Therefore, notice this, I hated life. That's what he said. He hated life. And I hope and pray you never been to that spot in your life before. I've been discouraged. I've been, I've been real discouraged before in life. And you go through seasons of that. But I can't, I don't think I've, I've ever said I hate it in my life. I get, you know, get sad and get, get discouraged. But King Solomon, I hated life. Because, he explains why he hated life. Verse 17, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Say, look, I'm pouring my life into this, these things, and I hate it. I simply hate it. It's no fun. It's causing me too much stress. Verse 18, Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. We covered that. All right, he said, I hated it, because he's going to get it anyway. It doesn't matter what I have now. It's brings temporary pleasure, but I'm leaving it behind. And who knoweth, verse 19, whether he shall be a wise man or a fool, yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun, this also is vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. He said, everything I've worked for, it's just, it's vanity. You see how this book can be a little bit depressing at first? You read this, and what is going on? And the King Solomon, yes, he's hated life. He's going through these things. He sounds depressed right now. How is this going to be encouragement to me? How do we view life through this, through this lens? We'll keep reading. <clears throat> there, in verse 21, For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. First part of the verse again, for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge. I'm not sure, you know, you're here this week during conference time, and this is school holidays, going back to school next Monday. Most of you guys, you're still in school. I think most of you are. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure why you're here this week. Maybe you came because your family came, because you're forced to come. Uh, I'm not sure if you're here willingly. 
And I uh, hope that you are, to some degree, you're here because you want to come he and hear what God has for, for you personally, for your church, for the people that you're with. Um, but understand that this week, as you've heard all the messages, heard, heard the singing, you've heard all the preparation and all that's going on here and the work behind the scenes, that you know, this whole conference has an emphasis of not things, but wisdom in God's Word. And it says here that, uh, for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom. And we've labored this week in, in God's wisdom and His knowledge to, to help you, to help your family, to help members here, different uh, pastors across this nation and across the world, come here to be helped in this area of wisdom and labor. To labor in God's wisdom and to labor in His Word. And this is where King Solomon is swinging his thoughts around the other side. And he's saying, you know what, there is something more important. There's, there's something more valuable in life than things, than possessions. He says here, for what, verse 22, for what hath man of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun. So he keeps repeating this. He keeps repeating this thought. And it's going over his mind and his heart. For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. He's go, he goes on even further saying, I can't sleep at night. I can't sleep. I'm trying to think of all these things. How am I going to maintenance this thing? This, this crazy chariot and all these horses. These horses need to be fed. Uh, the stall needs to be cleaned up. Um, you know, we would say today our car needs to be maintenance. You know, we change the oil and all this stuff and, and make sure everything, the brakes are working fine. And it causes, it causes, it costs you time and money. It causes stress. Uh, all these things happen, you know, not only vehicles, but things in life. You got to buy new clothes and all these things. He can't sleep. And he's, his things go over his head at nighttime. He can't sleep. You ever have a night where you can't sleep? I get that once in a while. My mind's turning. I can't shut my mind off. I wish I could just turn a switch and turn it off. I can't. My mind is thinking of things in this life, things I have to do. And King Solomon says, I can't rest in the night. He said, this is also vanity. He said, I wake up, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm not doing very well mentally. I just, I can't handle this. And so here, verse number 23, again, this, all, this is also vanity. All right, so he, he has this whole conclusion of things that he possesses, all these things. And then what he does here, King Solomon, he swings it back the other way. Now, again, this is, it seems depressing. It seems discouraging. What in the world do we do then? We got to have things. And here's the key, young people. It's not... Having things is not, is not the issue. It's when things have you. And King Solomon is, is, is living for these things. He can't wait to get the next iPhone. He can't wait to get the next, you know, next uh, best uh, make of car in his terminology, all right? He, he can't wait to get the next best newest thing. Then he says, verse 24. Here it is. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. You say, well, you say hang on, what, what is he doing here? He just kind of downplayed and was you know, bad-talking all these things of life. And then he says, he goes on in verse 24, there's nothing better for a man than he should eat and drink, that he should make his soul enjoy good in all his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. That's why I love, I love Ecclesiastes. It brings balance to life. It brings balance to our life. And uh, 
it just brings the right perspective because we need to have the right perspective of life. As you go through your teen years, as you make decisions and you go through the last few years of school, as you make, you know, uh, just really, it can be a time of life-changing decisions. We need to have the proper perspective of life and have the right balance of life. And King Solomon brings us because he says, he, he, and through all this, he understands that God has given him these things. This was his lot in life. This is what God given him. And he says, I understand that also this I saw and that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat or who else can hasten here unto more than I? You know, he was saying, so here's, here's the flip side of it. He's saying, look it, I had the wrong perspective of life. These things had a hole in my heart. God didn't have my heart. These things had my heart. But I understood, and the flip side of this, that these things are given to me by God, and, uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy these things. The Bible says in the book of John that God has given us life, life more abundantly. Aren't you thankful that we live in, in, in this time frame, year 2020, with technology and things that for our enjoyment? Who likes to eat? Anyone like to eat? I like to eat. All right, we're going to eat lunch here in a little bit. All right. King Solomon says here, uh, for who can eat or who else can hasten there unto more than I? He said, when I heard the dinner bell ring, I'm running. He said, when it was time to eat, I was there. The other day, we are at our home, our little dog, Penny, she's a terrier, oh, she's a part terrier, Maltese and Shih Tzu mix. A little tiny little dog, man, 13 years old. And uh, my wife uh, was making dinner at the house there. And I, was, I wasn't there at the, at the time. I, was, I think I was in the garage or somewhere else. I can't remember where I was. But she told me a story later on. She said, all right, she told our two kids, our dinner time, and uh, Penny, our dog, was, uh, you, you know Penny, Danny, of course, been to our house before. And uh, Penny's in the front room, and so she heard the word dinner, and so Penny comes running down the hallway and sitting right, and she sat right down the hallway, sat right in front of the dinner table. She was ready to go. My uh, two kids weren't there. Uh, my wife was ready to serve, and my dog, Penny, was ready to, uh, ready to eat. King Solomon says that, look, if Emmy's going to hasten to food, that was me. I was going to be there first in line. He said, I love to eat. He said, for verse 26, for God give it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. If you would turn over to chapter 9, because uh, King Solomon is going to elaborate a little bit more on this. And he, here's the balance of this. Because <clears throat> we, we need to enjoy life. So life is not to be suppressed. It's not to be, you know, it's like something, you know, you don't need to be hating life. King Solomon had that time in his life where he hated life. He, because of the fact he had his emphasis on the wrong things. And the whole point of this whole lesson this morning is this, young people. Make sure your emphasis is in the right area. Make sure you're not living for things, but living for things that are under, not under the sun, but above the sun. All right, so only when you properly balance the things of life under the sun with your, uh, your life's calling and God's call for you in your life for things above the sun, living for Him, is when life comes together in a purposeful way. And so here in, in chapter 9, verse number, we'll read a couple of verses here as we close. But it says here, verse number nine, uh, chapter 9, verse number 7, he says, Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments, verse number eight, let thy garments be always white, 
and let thy head lack no ointment. He said, you know what white means? It means celebration. So King Solomon knew how to host a party. He knew how to you know, host a guest, a feast, a party. He knew how to host these things. He said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with enjoying life. Nothing wrong with eating with your mates, with, with your friends. Nothing wrong with eating with family. Nothing wrong with getting together, having a wedding party, having, having these things in life. It's, it's there for our enjoyment. I'm thankful God's given us these things to enjoy. I'm thankful there's, there's a different variety of food. Which, my favorite food is, I like Thai food, I like uh, what, Italian food, anything, anything really, any kind of food is good. But, uh, you know, we have a variety of cuisines, a variety of food that we can eat, a variety of things to do here in southeast Queensland. I love going to the mountains, hiking, I love going on the theme parks down in Gold Coast, sunny coast, the beach, swimming, I love everything. And these things are given to us to enjoy life. We're not just, just sitting in a, like in a monastery, you know, walk around the row with our hands folded all day and humming these prayers. That's not what God sent to tell us to do. All right, we're intended to enjoy life, to get out there and enjoy these things God given to us. And King Solomon understood that. He says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works, so that garments be always white, and that the head lack no ointment. Verse 9, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life on thy vanity. And fellows, you're probably you know, looking forward to getting married one day, Lord willing. All right, whatever wife God gives to you, and vice versa, you ladies looking for a husband and praying that God sends a husband your way. You know, live joyfully with that person that God's given to you, which he had given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. And that's what King Thomas said, you know what? Look at these, these, these days, these, these life under the sun is real vain. It's vain. Don't live for things under the sun. It's all vain. Don't do it. But at the same time, understand it's given, these things are given to us for our enjoyment. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It's given for you to, you to enjoy, not to, not to sit in a cardboard box somewhere, to work hard, to enjoy life, to enjoy the fruit of your labor. But don't live for that. Understand, live for things above the sun. It goes on to say here, which he had given thee, verse number nine, under the sun all days thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. That's your portion. That's your portion. I don't have time to elaborate this morning, but uh, way back when I was about 17, 18, I uh, almost married the wrong girl, and there's a whole other story there, and uh, that was not what God, that was not my portion for my life. I, I actually was engaged to this girl, and uh, we were set to be married, and then my dad came to me in, uh, in a very harsh way and broke it up, and uh, I'm thankful he did, because I probably wouldn't be here today if I married this, this one girl. I was dating, I, I loved her, and I got broken up, but uh, you know what? That was not what God had for me. And went on to Bible college and uh, found uh, Becky, my wife now. I've been married for 23 years. And I thank the Lord for her. And it was waiting God's time. It was uh, waiting for God's uh, choice for my life. Not rushing ahead. And that was my fear. I didn't want to graduate from high school and not be married. Man, my, my friends, my mates, they, they, were, they were, were already married out of high school, 18, 19 years old. Man, I didn't want to miss the train. I wanted to hop on that train. That's <laughs> about... No, the Lord has something else for me, a much better person, much better wife. So live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest. In verse number 11, uh, sorry, verse number 10, we'll close with this. Verse number 10, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. He's saying, look it, make 
just make use of your time. He's saying, that's what he's saying. Make use of your time. Labor with all your heart. I'm a type of person that I, you know, I, I like jumping with all my heart. I just want to do something. I just want to get it done. I just want to do it. You want to labor with it. Sometimes you feel sick and you don't feel like doing that stuff. And look, I'm there too. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. But, you know, I'm, I'm type of a, type of a you know, guy that jumps in there in the deep end most times. And uh, just take the bull by the horns. Just grab onto it and live life. Don't live it wildly. Live it, understand what the perspective of King Solomon is saying here. He's saying, don't live for things. This is all vanity, vexation of spirit, but enjoy these things. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That, 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 that's the right balance God's put for us in his word through King Solomon. Don't live for things, but enjoy things. Enjoy life. Enjoy eating. But make sure your focus is for things above the sun. We know heaven's above the sun. We know God's above the sun. We know His Son, Jesus Christ, is above the sun. We know our loved ones are above the sun. They are saved. They're in heaven. Heaven's there. God's abode is there. His kingdom's there. And that's the place where we need to live and focus our life. And we're here under the sun for a short amount of time. You may say, you may say oh man, I'm never going to turn you know, 16. I'm never going to turn 17. And uh, time goes very fast. And as you uh, think about what your next step is in life, finishing school, you're dating somebody, or you're liking somebody, where to go to university, or where to, what God has for you, and that's the key thing. It's all this week's been emphasis of what God has for you, not what you have for yourself, what God has for you. Uh, let's keep this in perspective. Let's keep this in balance. You know, don't live for things. That don't live for the next newest thing. It's nice to have it. It's nice to have it. I enjoy, we all enjoy new things. We all enjoy unpackaging a, a new phone, unpackaging a, a new whatever, or, you know, going to going to a car, a car lot and getting a new car. Uh, whatever the case is, new clothing is always fun. Um, to you know, go shopping for new clothes, nothing wrong with that. But when these things are a priority, when these things are become king in our life, that's when there's an issue. Let's live for things above the sun. Does that make sense? That makes sense? All right, let's go ahead and pray this morning. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for King Solomon, his wisdom. Lord, his... Um, perspective of life as he looked at life, looking back on his life, and really trying to figure it all out. And Lord, we can't figure everything out um, these days. And, and Lord, as we look at our own life and we have questions, but Lord, help us keep our focus on things above the sun. Help us to enjoy these things that are below the sun as you've given to us life more abundantly, giving us uh, friends and places to enjoy but Father, I pray you help us, Lord, as we uh, search and seek for the balance of life. Lord, be this young, these young, young people. We thank you for them. We thank you for their testimony, Lord, their life, and the lot you've given to them. I pray you help them, Lord, day by day. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Bless the, the meal time as we break for lunch and uh, the service tonight as we come together for the last closing service of this conference. Pray hand blessing be upon it. We thank you for it. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. We're dismissed. Oh, Roddy, who's hungry? Joel, I don't have food for you. Alright, so who knows what's happening next? In about, in about an hour and a half. Um, yeah. ah. right, who's gonna win? Alright, a few things. You know what time you gotta be here? You need a lift? 1.30. Yeah, 1.30.